Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to another episode of The Process on Headliner Radio. Today I'm joined by songwriter, producer, artist and multi-instrumentalist David Lucius King. David, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? I'm doing very good. How are you doing? It's so good. great to be here. This is, uh, this is my first podcast <laughs> ever, so podcast I'm very excited. Podcast taken, nervous. yeah. Um, no, I'm <laughs> yeah, the pleasure. whole thing. Pleasure. Um, uh, no, it's, I'm so it's... glad. I'm so glad it was you. You didn't buy me dinner, but you know it's fine. You know, at least my first time it was special. Yeah, which is great. Awesome. That's all you want, really. <laughs> um, no, awesome man. Um, thanks so much for for taking some time out your day to to chat to us. And um, where are you joining us from today, David? And how has this I, week how's this week been well, treating you? Well, it's been great. I'm, I am joining you from my apartment in Brixton. It's a, it's a studio apartment. I mean, it isn't because it's two bedroom, okay. but I've transformed the living room into a studio. So like the running joke is it's my studio apartment, right? but it's really, it's really a two bedroom apartment. But, um, uh, yes, I'm calling you from here. The weather is nice. We've got like a lovely little glass wall. So it, it's, it's kind of cool. Cause you can like make music and stare out at London, like make music awesome. for London and see London at the same time. But, uh, weather is nice. Week has been good. Very busy. Um, but you know, wouldn't have it any other way how 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 are you doing how's your week all good man thank you yeah really well um again busy and weather's nice so can't complain um yeah uh, are you uh are you still based out of metropolis david are you do you do a lot of stuff at home like what's the what's the kind of situation there with you now well i think i think during during lockdown because i've been i've been in london for about five years now and during lockdown it was a very interesting time for for music producers and, and i mean for everybody really. yeah for sure but for us it was kind of like how do you how do you continue working when like you, you know the, the the way it works is you have you know you have sessions you have people come around to your to your house your studio and you know you do bits and during lockdown is a bit tricky so um what i did during lockdown was i uh I just went around to Metropolis or I started working from home doing Zoom sessions. And it just kind of, the whole Zoom bit really opened up this whole part of, you know, the songwriting world that I just didn't know was there before. Mm. You know, traditionally, you know, pre-COVID, you'd fly over to Japan to make a record, you'd fly back and then you'd go LA to make a record in LA. Whereas now, you know, I just did, I, I did a record with Vanessa Wu um, and he, he, he was based over in, in Taiwan mm -hmm. and we did the whole thing over Zoom. Whereas normally that would be like a whole, you know, month out of the calendar yeah, that yeah. I had to do, you know, and go down. Whereas I feel like now with 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 the wonders of the interwebs, we can just kind of do more work um, from home. So I think now to answer your question, I do loads of bits in um, in Metropolis, uh, and but I think because of COVID and lockdown, I don't know, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a hermit now. I just sit in my sit in my home studio, get Zooms going, have people come around as well. Yeah. If it's a bigger session, you know, we'll do that in Metropolis. If there's like a band, because that's a bit funny, yeah, an abandoned apartment, you know, especially with drums. <laughs> um, so if it's a if it's a bigger one, we'll, we'll we'll take a room in Metropolis. But I don't know. I just kind of I just I just sort of really dig in working from home. I don't yeah. know. Like yeah. I'm a bit of a hermit. You know. Uh, I mean, it's convenient as well, isn't it? And if you can get the yeah. same job done um in a in yeah. a comfortable environment you know <laughs> then then why not yeah. and um yeah i mean it's it must be pretty awesome when you do get to go to metropolis though i mean uh, for for listeners i'm sure many of them know um one of london's biggest uh kind of most legendary studios um some incredible acts have, have been through its doors over the years what's it what's it like working in in an environment like that honestly like uh, the, the it's incredible it's like the hogwarts for for music it really is like you'll you'll go into a room like i've i've been in a room um because I, I work quite close closely with the script and um yes. 
we uh me me and me and Danny Danny O'Donoghue, lead singer of the script. Shout out to Danny. We um we we were just hanging out. We were hanging out by at the cafeteria after making a record. And then like, you know, this dude sort of walks past us and Dan Danny goes, Oh, Will, how you doing? And it's fucking Will I am. And I'm like, holy oh shit. God. I'm here and I'm talking to Will I am. And then Will's like, Oh, you wanna come around to the studio? And then like, cool, and then we go upstairs to like Studio E, which is like this banging ass looking studio. It's like super fucking dope. And then like you get there, there's like the couch, we sit down. And I think at the time uh, Will I am was doing the voice and he had like this these the um they were like these kids that were like uh, I think it was the voice kids, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And they were like the, the finalists and they used like playing us beats and and all bits and we give it an input. It was just amazing. It's it and that and that stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah. Like they've got well, there's a okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy this rumor now. But there there was this there was this running rumor going that they had Freddie Mercury's piano yeah. um in the piano room. And it was like this running rumor, and everyone was like, Oh my fucking god, it's the piano Freddie wrote um Bohemian Rhapsody on. Yeah. And it, and then they had like the Mercury Bar, which was like the bar was like then based off of first. So they were running this whole like Mercury vibe. And then someone came to me and they was like, Yeah, Dave, actually that's that's not true. And I was like, What do you mean? And they're like, Yeah, that's not that's not his piano. However, they that piano was the piano that they used for Adele's uh hello. Right. Uh, that that and, and, yeah. and all the big Adele records. And I think the guy that played it, it works in Metropolis as well. Okay. But um but yeah, no, it is truly, it truly is the most magical musical place you could you could ever be. You know, we've and anybody who's anybody who goes there, we've seen everybody. Like there was this one time I was I was walking back from the cafeteria with Jimbo, uh, which is another producer friend of mine, and there was this 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 kind of older guy sort of walks past us and goes, like, You're right. And we're like, Yeah, yeah, we're good. And Jimbo goes, Do you know how that was? And I was like, I have no clue who that was. And it was like, Oh, that was that was Roger from 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 The Who. And I was oh like, god, oh. yeah. <laughs> just casually so, just yeah just casually walking down hey how you guys doing we're like holy oh my god that's him. <laughs> yeah, and the foo fighters were there actually when they did the tribute to um uh tyler tyler Hawkins, they yeah, did, yeah. Awesome. yeah they did that all in, in the, the prep that was all in, in studio a amazing and then after after like when all the boys when uh when dave girl and everybody went home i went in with some of my friends and we just like touched all the drum stuff and like you know slammed everything and just yeah yeah <laughs> just to be you just know, fanboyed just, a little bit yeah just there. fanboyed yeah shouted in in uh, in uh dave girl's mic i was like that's pretty cool <laughs> no it's a it's an incredible place i've been there a few times myself and every time i go i'm just kind of wowed by just walking around and um it's a pretty cool yeah. building as well the you know pumping station what they've done with it um it's yeah, just a powerhouse uh, but yeah it that's to, it if i'm not that's mistaken it. it used to uh power all the 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 trams yeah yeah, that's right. It was like the tram, the tram station, and then that that's right. wasn't a thing. And now it's like next door, like where the trams used to be. Now it's like a bus. Pretty cool, it's right? It's a bus garage. Yeah. And then, um, and in the uh, in the studios is now just like this massive studio. Yeah, super sick. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I want to go back a little bit before we talk about what you've been working on uh, more recently, David. Um, you cool. started your kind of musical journey, for want of a better phrase, um, uh, at quite a young age. Signed a, a major record deal with EMI when you were just a teenager, right? Tell us a little bit about that. I guess you always knew then that you, that you wanted to pursue a professional career in music. I mean, it was the one, music was always the one thing that I was good at. It was, I mean, to, without posting myself up at all, it was, it was just the one thing that just came so naturally to me. Uh, yeah. When I was really, when I was, I think my first experience with, with music was when, you know, I don't remember how old I was. I was, I was very young, five or six. And, and my dad, uh, he went to like a little, it was, it was in Germany. We were randomly in Germany at the time. My dad went to a little and came out a little with like this little 
a like 50 euro guitar right mm. and it was like a little guitar so it was like it was on like auction and they were just <laughs> from the middle of middle the aisle was yeah, the middle, middle, yeah. Middle. yeah exactly <laughs> the middle aisle in middle yeah so he just he picked that up and he gave it to me and uh, i didn't know i didn't know how to tune a guitar in any type of way or anything so i just tuned it into whatever i thought was how you tuned it and then learned to play on that and um it just it was just one of yeah we, we, and they, they, they it gained itself a little name it was called like dropped drop dave tuning right because i'd have like this special tuning that i would tune the guitars and it was like it was in drop dave uh, like not drop d but um, <laughs> and that was the vibe yeah and i just learned to play on that and then i started writing songs really young i just thought it was really natural i thought everybody could write songs it was just something that came again just so naturally to me i just assumed everyone could do it yeah yeah um and then uh, i started i got in a little band with my siblings my other siblings uh, there was the five of us we were called king family and we got a, we got a, uh, I think it was a two or a three album deal with, um, with uh, uh, EMI Records Germany. And we put out a record and it was really great. Uh, it, you know, I was, I was 14, I had a deal with a major and I was, you know, I, I just fell in love with, you know, the producing the records with yeah, my siblings yeah. and then writing the records. That was the bit that I just absolutely loved doing. It was like, it was, it was the same energy I got off of, you know, playing Halo online or like any yeah, computer yeah. game. It was the same energy to me. I was like, you know, I'm there, I'm like doing all this cool shit and it's dope. And at the end you have this thing and it was like the same thing in music. So it was like, you know, I was, I was at that age and it was, the, it was the same amount of love and joy that I got from playing video games that I did from producing music. So I just, you know, it, it wasn't very long um, uh, where I think I was like 16 and then I got, I got my, my publishing deal I think it was with EMI transferred to to Universal LA. Then I went to yeah. I went to go live in, in in LA when I was about sixteen. I just started writing songs with. I, mean, I I don't know what it was. I just got really lucky. I, I you know, I I was sixteen. I was writing songs with 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 fucking uh, like like people like Toby Gad who did like Beyonce's If I were if I if I was a boy and, and like yeah, John Legend yeah. all, all of me and written all these huge songs and you know we we were in rooms. That he, I was at his house, you know, making making songs and. Yeah, it was just this 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 incredible like um, experience, you know, in music. All it's yeah, the ca- capturing ideas and putting it down. It was just it was it was just always was so apparent that that was the only thing I ever wanted to do, and I just got I just got lucky on uh, along the way. I got some cool opportunities that I just jumped on. Yeah, and um, next thing next thing I knew, I was doing it full time. So yeah, it was yeah, awesome. it's all a blur. I couldn't tell you how I did it. Yeah, so, totally <laughs> sometimes it just happens, doesn't it? You meet the right people, yeah. you're in the right place at the right time, and then it all just kind of snowballs a little bit and before you know it you're you know working with some <laughs> some pretty huge artists which um which you've been as you mentioned um like with danny and the script you've been you've been doing for a while um are you still working with those guys at the moment yep yep yeah i'm still working with dan i had a phone call with him uh, i don't think it was yesterday it was the day before yesterday um he's on tour at the minute i think there's their their tour ends on the 18th uh and then uh, when they're back we're just we're we're Full, fully into the next record. Awesome. We've got a few. We've got a few songs on the boil at the minute that I'm quite excited about. But okay. you never know with these things. You never know which ones are going to make it, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think with especially with the boys, like we'll all because we all write, we all we all do everything. It's all it's all, it's all very inclusive, and they're all just so great. They're mm-hmm. the best, honestly. It's super, super talented guys. Yeah. Awesome. But it's like you never know which songs are going to make the record because they're all so good, you know. And it's kind of like you know you. you I think the last one, I think we did like 20 or something or, or close to 20 songs. And then like, I think it was an eight, eight, eight record record. Yeah. So, you know, like you got to kill your babies quite a bit. Well, I'm, gonna say, I'm telling you, now, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's painful sometimes, but you know, you just, you, it's one of those things. You just, you try to write as many good songs as you can. Um, and see what sticks. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. See what sticks. I, I always find the way I can tell if it's a good song or not is if, um, and this might be useful to someone listening because I feel like it's, I never really know. You know, it's really hard to judge your own work. Yeah. What I do is I'll get someone in, just someone random. I'll just get someone in and then I'll play the track for them. And then how I then perceive the track with the other person in the room changes my perspective and my uh, and like and the way I feel about the song because I'm kind of experiencing it with someone else. Yes. And then if if it passes that test, I go like, oh, this is actually a banging tune. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I played yeah. it to someone else and they're like, they're like, this is sick. And I'm like, yeah. I've got I've got a few. I've got my few like, you know, market research people where it's like, what do you think? And if they say it's great, I know it's great. Yeah. So it's like Yeah, yeah. You get your little get your system going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Workflow. For sure. Um again, going back a, just a little bit, um we met we briefly mentioned this, uh, spoke about it off the uh off the call a minute ago. <laughs> um yeah. you know, you've you've written and produced with some pretty huge names, but um tell us about your time in, in Malibu. Um, and staying at Cher's house. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if yeah, you it's a funny mind. one. It's a, yeah, it's a funny one. So, yeah, so I, to, to kind of backtrack, when I, when, I, when, I moved, when I moved to LA with my publishing deal, um, we'll be all, we all, all me and my, my, my five elder siblings, we all moved to LA and it was, it was a really interesting time because, you, know, you know, I was so young, I was 16, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 27, 28, in February, so yeah. I should probably just start saying I'm 28 now, right? Yeah, yeah. Who are we kidding? <laughs> Who are we kidding here, dude? Come on, you're 28. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I was so young, and I, um, yeah, I was like, I was like 16. It was, it was right around the time. Oh my god, I've got a story for you. All right, I know, I know. Okay, here we go. This is so good. Okay. So, in my life, there's only ever been one person I've ever wanted to meet in the industry, right? You know, the proper fangirl moment. Oh my fucking god, this is the person yeah, that you yeah. know, like, is the reason why I make music. It was Michael Jackson. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Just the music, obviously. Same, same here. And then, you know, I just think it's so fucking great. All the shit is so dope. Like, I just dig every song. The songwriting so great. I was like, oh my god, like, if I had to meet one person. It's Michael Jackson. So I, I made it my life's mission to just put myself in circles that I knew MJ was going to be in. Yeah. Because I was like, that's it. I'm going to run into him. It's going to happen. It's going to be dope. It's going to be sick. So I find I find out where if I, it was Quincy Jones's old studio yeah. in LA, and I'm hanging out, and I'm, I make friends with a with a producer and the engineer, and they were doing a session in that studio the next day, and they're like, we need we need someone to come in. And I was like, cool. I was like, whatever you guys need, if you need a producer, if you need a writer, if you need a singer, I'll do it. I don't care. I'm in that room. And they were like, cool. So I jump in the room, and then we like write the song, and I'm like, I'm there. I'm all, I'm in the booth, and like the producer's like, yo, that's my that's MJ's mic you're singing into, and I was like, oh my god, it's MJ's mic, and he's like, yo, there's MJ's headphones you got on. And I was like, oh my god, it's MJ's headphones. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> I'm in there and we're like doing vocals and I'm feeling like I'm like that's it. It's gonna walk in any minute and now it's it. And the most tragic shit ever happened. And you, you know how this goes. So uh, um, the the engineer gets a text and he's like, hold, hold on, Dave. And he's like, gets all real quiet and shit. And I'm like, okay, what's weird? And he's like, come in. So I put my headphones down, get out of the studio, go sit down. And he's like, yo, I just got a text from Jermaine Jackson. And Michael just died. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Literally, then at that point when you were right. When Wait, I was waiting in for studio, him to walk in, waiting for him to walk in, I was like, "This is the fucking shit!" Like, he's this is it. He comes shit, in all the time, man. you know. Checks out what's happening, and he passed away. It was the saddest yeah, moment of I've ever. And yeah. I, just, I had to share that story with you. Super it sad. Was, yep, it was super, super sad. sad. No, I remember. I remember it very, very vividly. Actually, just um, I mean, I was just, I was just at home, and um, yeah, it was, it was, it was mad. It was uh, super out of the blue, obviously, and um, yeah, absolute legendary musician um, one of my favorite artists hand, hands down as well um All time. and yeah, we had this yeah. it was it was prince prince or mj you got to pick yeah <laughs> <laughs> no for real though you have to pick one you have to pick you oh, to oh pick. mj all day mj all day for me yeah. um i mean i like prince I, but mj yeah. i think that is kind of that wider appeal um yeah. 
yeah, I could yeah, I could listen to his tracks all day. It'd probably drive my uh, drive my my missus crazy with it. But um, <laughs> yeah, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, just moonwalking around the house. Yeah, um, yeah no, yeah, no. I, it, to, to answer that, to answer my question that I asked you, to answer my own question that I asked mm. you uh, correctly, I I'd say Prince is the better musician. Yeah. I feel like the musicianship from Prince is he's at a higher level. The artistry I feel like itself, Michael, yeah. But yeah, but I feel like Michael is the better songwriter, yeah. and I, in my opinion, like, and 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 that's kind of the difference. You know, you can be like the world's best musician, you know, but it's the fucking song, man. Yeah, it's yeah. that song. Yeah. If you can, if you can just, if you can nail that song, like nothing else matters. Like honestly, it, it's it's. Uh, I, I spoke to um, I spoke to uh, I spoke to a, a, an A quite recently, um. And um, and he was saying he was like music publishing right now is 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 worth more than it's ever been worth in the history of music publishing, and it's because it's because of songs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's 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 one of those things. It's like you can be it's it always in my opinion it always comes down to the songwriter. I think the artist is great, and I think if you're an artist and you can write your own songs and you can like write with people and you can do all that stuff, that's like the best stuff ever. Like honestly, like that shit is it's what it's all about. Yeah. It's, it's getting the song down. You know, there's the it, it sounds silly, but you know we're in the music industry, so it's, no, it's absolutely, about, it's about music. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, it, tell us a little bit about when you when you first came to London, then Dave, um, and and started really kind of diving into the production and, and the songwriting stuff because it didn't take you long to start working with some pretty big labels, right? And and then the work just, I guess, just starts flying in after that point. Um, it was so it was super random because um, you know when I when I was in LA I, we, we didn't even we didn't even touch on it but um, when when I was in LA um, yeah, oh yes yeah, it's, sorry it's, I've skipped over yeah, you have you have to tell this part of the story you know yeah, the absolutely it's important it's important it's important so 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 yeah so when I went to LA with my siblings it was just it was so random you know it, it, we were doing all these big sessions but like it's I mean LA is a funny place especially when you don't know people you know it's it can swallow you up whole. Um, and there's, there's so, there's so much talent and there's so much energy in, in, in LA. Um, and we were, we were out there, we were doing, we were doing the session with, um, with this guy called Godhead and he was so cool. Uh, he, he had like this shaved head and he had like, these big earrings and he was this like rock dude. Yeah. And he was like, and he, he like, he looked like he was like, I don't know, like, like he, he, he'd be so at home at like a Marilyn Manson concert right. to give you, to give right. you vibes. And he was there like writing cheesy pop songs with us. And I was like, this is the coolest, most LA m- moment of my life. <laughs> it was just like, I'm writing songs with this guy called Godhead. And it was so cool. <laughs> we were writing like, I think the song was called like L- Love Fever or something. And it was like super cheesy pop. It was so good. Um, but uh, one thing led to another, and then um, my uh, a friend of Godhead's, and I, I should know his name. I, I don't know his name. I just know his artist name. A friend of Godhead's was uh, was Elijah Almond, which is Cher's son, and um, Cher the, the the singer. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Elijah Almond and uh, uh, Elijah, Elijah Blue, Elijah Blue Almond um, went to Germany uh, and met my sister because uh, she was hanging out in Germany, and then they got married. And then my sister then came back over in LA and um, whenever I would do like sessions in LA, I'd always go stay at Cher's house, mm. which was fucking cool yeah. because it's this beach house Malibu vibe and it's like really easy to get a session with somebody when you're like, hey man, do you want to come around to yeah, a session at Cher's house? Yeah. And then they, you know, pretty much nine times out of 10, they'll just be like, yeah, sweet. I'll, I'll do it for the, for the bragging rights. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, so I was doing that for ages and that was really great and that was really good fun. But I just kind of felt like I sort of I wanted to do my own thing, so I, uh, I randomly moved to London. Um, mm-hmm. my, my dad's British. I had this connection to to the UK. I'd never really been to the UK before. Yeah. Um, and this was about five years ago. So I came. I came here. I had, I had no contacts. 
no you know ways of earning money or any kind of things coming in except for like you know a couple of things i had from back from la so it was like a fresh proper proper fresh start so i'm like emailing managers and like you know see if they had any artists that i could work with you know just proper cold calling people i cold called this one guy and was like send me an email and i was like cool so i sent him an email and he was he managed this this uk rapper called sneakbo yeah um he was he was, he was, he was you, you may have heard of he's a super cool dude I have, yeah, yeah and then um and then I, I I hit him up. I sent him a show reel of some beats that I wrote that I think Sneakbo would like. <laughs> and then he's like, "Yo, fam, like this shit's this shit's fire. Come around." And I was like, "Sweet, when?" And he's like, "Wednesday." So I come around Wednesday, at like that, like ten, like like I don't know, thirty minutes early than I'm meant to be there. <laughs> and then uh, this guy's name is Aaron 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 Marish, if I did, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And I start working with Sneakbo. And um, he sneak, sneaky was super cool. Like we, we wrote this song called Hey Ho. Yeah. And it was like, hey ho, hey ho, let me get some on that low because your booty's so fire and that bass so cold. And it was like super True. fucking cool. Yeah. And it was like this proper trap song. And I was like, this is sick. We both wrote it. We both produced it. It was super dope. Uh, I don't think it actually ever made the cut because it was a bit too, uh, quote unquote, American. Yeah. But um, which is fair. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't, it, it took a while to like adjust to like the UK slang. Whereas I just came yeah, straight yeah. from LA. I was like, yo, let's go straight into ludicrous. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so it was great. So, so I was doing that, and then like, and the reason why I'm bringing this up was it, it, again how random it was. I was uh, I was on the way. I, I was like, uh, "Sneaky, do you know where the bathroom is?" Like, you know, I got, got you know, I drank a lot of water, I need to pee. And he's like, "It's down the hall to the left behind the building thing." It was like super long. It was like so it's really long way to the bathrooms. So I'm like, "Cool." So I'm like, walking out, walking to the bathrooms, and there's this like really tall, like. Irish dude with the cap on and glasses and he's got like this jacket and, like you barely see his face because it was cold so I had no clue who this guy was and, and he's like and he's tall as well so I'm like walking to the bathroom and he looks at me and he's like hey you're right <laughs> and I was just like yeah yeah uh, uh, I'm good he's like oh yeah yeah you're, you're going to the bathrooms and I was like yeah he's like oh it's just around the corner as you left you know it's behind the things right there All right you see you later All right, cool and I was like great cool sorry that's my terrible Irish accent yeah it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you and then and then uh, no clue who this Irish dude was. And then um, he, he was just super friendly and super chill. And I was like, great. So I, I you know, did my thing, came back to the session. And then this is the weird bit. Like two years later, I hadn't seen that guy ever again. That was it. Irish guy, saw him once. That was it. Never seen him again. Two years later, um, I started working with the management. And they, uh, they uh, were doing some bits with Jimbo, who produces most of the stuff for the script. Is the script's main producer. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, you should work with Jimbo. So I just got in with Jimbo. No idea Jimbo worked with the script. I found out in the session that Jimbo worked with the script. And I was like, oh, they're fucking great. Like, I'm a huge fan of the script. I love the, I love the guys. They're super great. And then, you know, Jimbo was like, cool, cool. Like, we should, we should do them with the boys. And then, like, I find myself in a session with, with fucking Dan, like, shortly after. And then, like, we're there, we're chatting. And we're like, yeah, 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 blah, blah. And then Dan's like, I've met you before. And I was like, no, no, you haven't. Like, you're, you're the script. I would remember meeting you guys. Like, I've never seen you guys live. I've never seen you. He's like, no, 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 no. I've met you before. Did you used to have, like, a, like a big sheepskin jacket? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I saw you Ealing, you know, in an Xbox Studios. You're on your way to the bathroom. And I was like, dude, oh, my God. And then it clicked. And then I was like, oh, my God. You remember that two years later? That's so elemental. So, yeah, it's just super, super random. Yeah, that is and random. Then, um, yeah. It's the most random thing ever. And then like post that sort of moment, um, we just we just became inseparable really. Uh, and I've probably spent more time in the room with Danny O'Donoghue than I have with anybody else. Uh, <laughs> we're just making just making music really. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, fabulous. But 
but yeah, it's a it's it's a random one. And honestly, like it, it all started from a cold call, you know. So if I didn't, yeah, yeah, if I didn't make that cold call, I would never have worked through the script, which sounds ridiculous, right? But like that is those are like the the small little steps that just that's why I keep saying it's so random, and I couldn't tell you how I did it because you know you couldn't plan this kind of stuff. I no, was just it's almost really like lucky, fate, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, some someone said that to me once. I think um, no, he didn't say it to me. I, I saw it on TV. It was, it was Jim Carrey said it once, and it was like, all you got to do is put yourself in the right position for good mm-hmm. things to happen, mm-hmm. and then good things will happen. And I, I stand by that. It's so true. Like I just knew, I just knew I needed to be in the studio, right? I knew it. I knew I needed to be around people that do the things that I want to do. Yeah, and yeah. like chances are, someone someone will you know have a have a bone yeah yeah for, sure. for a dog to chew on you know what I mean? i'm like sweet cool i'll take this i'll take this job sweet and then one thing one thing led to the next yeah and then um yeah no it was pretty chill and also it was uh, yeah no it was, it was just great great yeah experience. great stuff man great stuff mm-hmm. i want to talk a little bit about um your uh, process in the studio I, I imagine it varies uh depending on what kind of track you're working on and and who you're working with um but what's your yeah what's your usual kind of uh, process when it comes to songwriting um dave like do you start with a beat or or like a top line and then work around that or melodies is it yeah how does it kind of start for you i mean you're you're absolutely right you know there's the it 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 really does depend on the song i mean if it's if it's truly down to preference and again i really don't mind like i love i love music and and it starts and finishes in such strange ways sometimes and Mm. i just love following it but i think i think because because of because of my upbringing and the way I sort of attack songwriting and the way I sort of attack and, I, and I'll always say this I'll always go you know it's the song song comes first and then it's and then it's the it's the it's the production and production is yeah. in the second place because I think you could have the most banging production ever and it's being like the sickest thing ever but if your songwriting isn't great and the song doesn't flow like it's just you know totally useless so for me I always I'll always try, to, um, you know, if, if the song, I say this, if the song sounds good on a piano, if the song sounds good on a guitar, it's a good song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. it's, not, it's not hiding behind this amazing, you know, production and these, all these amazing events. It's not hiding behind any of that. It's just kind of, it's in its rawest form. And yeah. if you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. In its rawest form, I feel like you need to chase that. You're and that, something. that deserves to get. Yeah, that deserves to get to the production. So, like when we were when we were in, uh, there was another Irish band um, that me and Danny worked on because we just became such good friends. We just started producing for other people. Yeah, yeah. They're called Picture. They're called Picture This, and they're massive in Ireland. Um, and and they do great gigs all over the place. They're great lads. I think with um like with them, like a lot of the songs. I think we did we did one that was it was called uh, Lucky Lucky to Be Loved. You know that was like a concept bass song you know i think that the singer came in with a concept and you know and it was something like you know after 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 being in a relationship with somebody you know even 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 though it it, it may or may not have gone the way both of us wanted it to go you know i still i I feel lucky i was loved i feel lucky i could experience that Mm -hmm. and i just i saw that concept and i was like that is that's the meat that's the meat of the song you know there's no veg in there there's no fat in that cow that is the idea right there that's that's what it's called and then we just it was it was me danny and and uh and and ryan we were just you know sat in a corner and i i got got up the guitar and we just sort of started jamming around that idea Mm. and then i think we wrote that song in 30 minutes because it was just and 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 to me what what that says is it was just such a when you've got a clear concept when you've got a a vibe like this is this is the vibe of the song this is where i want it to Mm. go so early on i just feel like that just sparks so much yeah you know like further down the line so you just it just it's one of those things if you've got if you if you come into a session with an idea and it sounds great on a guitar and i think for that song we 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 wrote it in 30 minutes and then i just i jumped on the computer 
recorded the guitar, recorded the strings, got the singer on and just started building the beat. And the, the song was, you know, it didn't exist four hours ago. And then four hours later, it, like the, the demo, the demo print from the day is pretty much identical yeah, to the master. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing really, nothing really changed apart from some, some minor tweaks. So that, that song, it was, it was a four hour job yeah. done. That's awesome. you know? So it, yeah. it's some, some, some are like that. And then some can take, you know, weeks like i think that the latest single from the script um dare you to doubt me that's such a great tune i we i it, it it came about on a on a zoom session during the lockdowns with toby gad mm-hmm. and i this, it was so special because uh when i when i first went to la i was i i got into toby gad's studio and i was like this 14 year old kid and like toby gad was this huge writer and i was this little like idiot and no one really gave a shit for it you know it was really <laughs> funny like i was there and there was this one moment i'll say this and like and i'll i'll, I'll do respect to toby gad he's one of the nicest most amazing people ever but um it was one of those moments where you're like this this shy kid and i was in his house and i was working in the next room and he's got like these he's got like these two two studios sitting adjacent to each other and there's a swimming pool in the middle and from his studio he can look in and see my studio and I can look in and see his studio so it's this like really fucking you know like legendary moment where you're there making beats and like Beyonce will walk in or some shit and you know and you're like oh my fucking god <laughs> you know so it, it was one of those things and I, I, I the kitchen was kind of on his end of the studio so he had to go into his studio to go make a cup of tea Okay. So I went into his studio. I didn't think he was there. So I went to his studio and I was like making some tea. And then Toby Gad, because he's German, he comes in, he comes in his room and he, it's the first time I've ever met Toby. He let me in his house to work with the other producer. And it's the first time being Toby Gad. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Toby Gad. And he goes like, yes, hello. Um, I'm sorry, but you must leave the room because we're in the next room and we are writing. Thank you. And then he just closes the door and leaves. And I'm like, oh my God, Toby Gad hates me. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like... Come back 10 yeah, minutes later to make another cup of tea and just like yeah, pop your head in. Like. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I left with an empty cup. I left, <laughs> I left the thing. I was just like, yep, I picked up my cup and <laughs> left. And then like all these years later, uh, I'm, I'm in a Zoom, I'm in a Zoom session with Toby. And um, I'm like, hey, Toby, remember me? I used to work in your studio. And he's like, I swear to God, he didn't remember me. And it was so awkward because I told Danny, he totally would. So I'm still there on the Zoom and he just didn't remember me because it was like so long ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and, then, uh, and then we wrote Dare You to Doubt Me, um, which is the, the most recent single from the script. Yeah. Um, which is really cool, but I'll bring it up because that song went through so many different, you know, shapes and sizes. You know, we had we had the Toby Gad version that we did on the day, which was like this, like it was like an '80s, you know, like um, like throwback retro vibe, which was super cool. But it just wasn't right, so then we changed it to something else, and then it changed to something else, and then we got another singer to do it. And then Danny was like, you know what, this song is just so good. I believe in it. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hack it to bits. Yeah. And then he, he, he took the concepts, he took the idea, redid all the bits, and then like that is Dare You to Doubt Me. And it was just like it's one of those things. Like a song can take four hours from beginning to start, or it can take however many versions that song went through, and all yeah. these different things. If you believe in the idea and you just, you know, you're there and you put the time in and you, you take your time with it, you know. It can it can take a bit longer, but that doesn't necessarily mean it, it's not going to get there. So, to answer your question, it can really depend on how. Yeah, long. It can take yeah. an hour, it can take a month, it can take a year. Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a bit of a loaded question, really. But um, mm. I think that's a, a nice answer that you've, you've provided us there. It's um, it, it certainly just yeah. depends really on the situation, doesn't it? Um, yeah. On the production side, uh, obviously, you know, you're applying a lot of digital uh processes to to songs that you're working on and and using plugins um on a daily basis i would imagine across your mixes um have you got any favorite bits and pieces that that you that you tend to that you tend to reach for dave um across tracks obviously 
uh, we're talking about we, we've spoke about Oak Sound already, and um, they've got the, their two plugins, Soothe and Spiff, which are um, pretty widely used now uh, since yeah. they since they dropped those. Are you you kind of using those a lot, right, across across mixes? Yeah, I feel <clears throat> I feel like Soothe is just such a, a problem solver in so many different ways. You know, to me. We like I'll like I'll 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 use soothe on you know like the tops of a guitar you know that's a lot you know to kind of you know uh, just kind of make it a bit more you know friendly to the ear especially to sort of tame a bit of the tops in there or yeah I, I might use I might use it as a de-esser in some in some times because mm-hmm. I just feel like it just instead of like crushing the s's they just kind of just soothe it a bit you know yeah the name there really hence the name um, yeah. hence the name you know it yeah it's just so great it's so useful. Um, it's got so many different uses. Like I've, I've, I've used it on drums. I've used it on snares. Spiff is really great on drums, and, and like I, I might even, I might even use like a little bit of Spiff on the uh, on the drum bus sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. just to just to get a little little, little bit of a, a little bit of push. But yeah, no, they're just they're just so Spiff, they're so great. They're Spiff such... is more for kind of uh, like a transient tamer, really, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas Soothe is more like for spiky frequencies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's a smart it's a smart smart EQ really you know it's and it, it just and the way and the way it works is just really fucking it's just great honestly I, every session every session that I have I use either either Soothe or Spiff they're mm-hmm. just and, and a lot of times I use them together. When did you yeah. first come across uh, Soothe and Spiff? Um, you know what it was. I had first seen someone use Soothe in Norway. I was um, I went to uh, it was it was a it was a Norwegian songwriting camp and it had like i had all these crazy like uh, super talented like producers and writers in there there were people from all these different camps and all these different things and some people had won like grammys and stuff and i was like how the hell did i get how the hell did i get in here um and um one of the producers was using it on uh, on the vocals as a de-esser and then on just certain bits that were annoying him in his mix to sort of just sort of fix them and they and it did and it was nuts. And I was like, well, how did you, how did you do that? And I think, I think he gave me, I don't know, I'm probably not meant to be saying this, but I think he gave me one of his license keys, um, for Soothe. And then I had it on a machine and I had to buy a new machine. And then I ended up getting one of my own for that, yeah. just to have for the studios. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just so great, you know? And then and it's like you said, it feels like everybody's using it now. It's almost like a, you know, a, a must have in your, in mm. your arsenal, mm-hmm. in your plugin arsenal. But, um, I use that. And then I don't know, like, some some cool plugins that I love, like you know, there's uh, have you have you ever heard? I don't know if we're allowed to even speak about other plugin brands. Yeah, no, we can. But, uh, we can. There's the God Particle. I don't know if you heard about this one. I have not. No. Well, uh, a very talented uh, mixing engineer, Josh, uh, Josh Josh Agger, um, who does pretty much everything that I do now, mixes all my bits. He's super super great. Um, he. Uh, it's just so nice to have someone else mix. You know, it, I, I'll do mixes on my own. You know, if I have to, but if I if there's the option to get someone else to just get in and just do an amazing job at something yeah. that I'm probably very blind to because I've written and produced the song by it and heard it a billion times. Mm. Um, he he introduced me to the God Particle, and um, it's just like it's a bit of snake oil, sorcery, black magic that you put on your mix bus, and you just sort of drop it on there and you produce into it, and it's just amazing. <laughs> like, it's just, it yeah. really is. Yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of them ones. Not to 
That's just another time word. saver. Similarly, uh, talking, talking. Yeah, you know, prob- yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't really understand what it does yet. It's like it's like you run it. It's like you're running a mix through a console. You know, like uh, like if 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 you mix on this certain console, you're, you you know you know what it's gonna do. You know, it'll change. It'll change the sound in a certain way. It'll give characteristics. And I feel like the God particle is a version of that. Like you know, you're you're feeding your mix through this, and it just kind of colors everything in yeah. such a nice way. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as, as does Sooth and Spiff, not to. What uh, to, uh, what other bits of kit do you tend to reach for, Dave? Um, um, uh, other than plugins as well, are you are you using Outboard a lot? Um, and and what's yeah? Is there anything that you kind I'm a of big? Yeah, yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Roland. I'm a massive fan since since the beginning. They're yeah. they're just in my opinion. If you're getting a synth, you're getting a Roland. You know, I, I just think they're just so great. I've got the the Roland System Eight, which is a plug out synthesizer, which is like a hybrid synthesizer, okay. which is just the most amazing thing ever because it's 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 got. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you can have up to four Roland synthesizers in this one bit. Like you can have the Juno, mm-hmm. uh, the JX Three P. Um, the 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 106, the one, uh, you know, like you can have like four Roland keyboards in this one keyboard, and then change them out for another keyboard That's at any point cool. in time if you just connect yeah. it to your computer. If, like if you need to go on tour and you need like a Rhodes or like one of those like you know like proper like organy sounds, you can have like an organ synthesizer on it. You can have like the Juno. You can have another one, and then just press a button, and then your 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 uh, plug out synthesizer becomes that. That's synth. cool. And it's just amazing. That's and if cool. you get Roland Cloud, it's like I it's like I'm endorsed by them almost. If you get the Roland Cloud, you get every single Roland synth that you could ever possibly yeah, awesome. like want. And then you then get the connectivity. So you could have it, it becomes any synth that Roland has ever made. Yeah, it's pretty is, um, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. I've also yeah. got the um the TR eight S, um, which is the uh it's like all the Roland kits put into one kind of kit. It's like a drum drum sequencers are okay. really sweet and then i've got the uh the jupiter xm nice uh from roland as well so it's another just amazing synth yeah and honestly those are my those are the three synths i've got like uh i've got a bunch of taylor guitars here um interface it's not it's not too not too crazy you know uh, it's got the got the apollo for the interface in the studio in metropolis our vocal chain well the scripts vocal chain is fucking incredible oh we have a really great engineer imagine. called uh okay. Yeah, no, we've got a really great engineer called Daniel, Daniel Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, super, super talented uh, engineer, um, extraordinaire, always knows the answer to every fucking question I have. And I have a <laughs> lot of questions, let me tell you. That guy is worth his weight in gold. So he, he, he'll like pull up to the studio and he's, oh God, what's it called? It's, it's a Bay, B-A-E uh, yeah. preamp with an, e, uh-huh. with an EQ on it. And apparently it's the best money can buy. It's, like, it's, a, it's a very expensive preamp. So we've got that um, as the pre, it's got an EQ on it. So we get a little boost. And then that goes into uh, an 1176 U, U audio. Yeah. And then it goes into the tube tech from Denmark as just like the, like, because we have, we have the 1176 kind of catching all the peaks. Yeah. And then we've got the tube tech just, it, it, the needle doesn't really move. It's just there because the tube tech just, I don't know what it does. It just does awesome stuff. Yeah, and you know, it doesn't even really yeah. need to, doesn't even really need to do anything. And then you put your vocal through that or whatever. And I swear to God, you sound like Danny from the script, um, but but no, it's it's the best it's the best uh, chain ever, and that is uh, that is all thanks to Daniel Griffin, who is a absolute legend. Shout out Daniel um, Griffin at Metropolis. Shout out there to Daniel go. Griff. Yeah, we just call him Griff now because we've got go. so many we've got so many Dans in the studio. We've got Dan Frampton who mixes; he's really great. We've got obviously Danny, and then we've got Dan Griff. So yeah. in the beginning, I tried to give everybody nicknames, but no one it just didn't stick. So like. Danny was Bat Dan, and then Daniel Griff was Spider Dan, like like Spider Man Bat Dan. You know what I mean? I was like, this is so cool. And then like Aqu- Aqua Dan, and then like it just didn't it didn't stick. And, uh, but 
we, yeah, it, 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 was, it was wishful thinking. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Griff, his name now is forever Griff. That's there we it. Go. That's it. We've named him. He's been dubbed Griff. Okay. Um, the legend. Yeah, the legend, the man, the myth. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I understand you also, I, I mean, you very briefly mentioned this, actually, I think, um, Dave, earlier, earlier in the oh, chat. Boy. But just talking about um, A&R, um, <laughs> yeah. I know you, you're kind of uh, working in that realm a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that side of things. You know, I know you have done a lot of work with getting some some up-and-coming singer-songwriters, um, getting them signed and stuff. Um, is that something you're still kind of dipping your toe into at the moment? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's such a it's such a natural process to what we do already, right? You know, we'll get we'll get an artist in, or a lot of times I'll be at a gig, or I'll be at somewhere where I'll see the, the opener or whatever, and we'll we'll go over, and mm. I'll just be like, "Look, you're great. You, sh- we, you need to get in. You need to get in the studio. We need to make music together." And then it just it's just a natural process, you know. It's the next kind of step, really. It's like, okay, we've made the music. How are we going to get it out there? And, and because you know, I, I'm I'm fortunate enough to sign some contracts with some pretty big, you know, record labels, and I know a few A and R's. Um, you know, we can kind of I, I can help facilitate get you know to to to, to get that song heard by yeah. the A and R. I mean, obviously, it's in my own interest to do so because you know a song that's sitting on my hard drive versus a song that you know an A and R hears. Yeah. Um. So it, it just it just kind of became something that I just naturally started doing, and um, no, it's just really cool because I I feel like there's so much talent out there, but. To be really honest, to be really, to be, to be brutally honest, and this is something that's, you know, that's really helped me and helped a lot of other artists. Like, being an unsigned artist is probably is is such a good position to be in. I know that sounds kind of weird, right? Because everybody wants to get a record deal and everybody wants to get signed. Mm. But I feel like right now, I mean, I'm not. It might not be the correct number, but there's something like twenty six thousand songs released on Spotify every day. Yeah, and like you know, there's you know, everyone's everyone's got the ability to release music, you know, from their laptops. But I feel like now, um, I was speaking to an A and R recently, and, and and he was saying that music publishing is worth more than it's ever been worth in its in in the history of music. Yeah, you know, because of because of video games, because of syncs, because of you know TV placements, because of adverts, you absolutely, know, and, and yeah. getting in getting in, in in TV shows and all, and all that stuff. Like that's just, that is so, it's worth so much money now. Um, so it's one of those things. Like if you're, if you're an indie artist and you're pumping out, you know, you're pumping out your, 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 your EPs and what, what is it like four to six songs mm. and you just release it and, and um, you, you put yourself on a schedule, you know, you give yourself a release plan, you know, every four weeks or every eight weeks, you know, you give yourself a plan and you, you, you keep working those algorithms mm. You know, it's 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 kind of like growing a TikTok or an Instagram fan base. Really, it's 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 a very similar algorithm. As long as there's consistency and quality in your music, if you just continuously churn out great songs that you love, they don't have to be hits. They just have to be something that you identify with and something that makes you go, mm-hmm. "Wow, that's this is great. I love this." If you keep putting out stuff like that, I feel like success is inevitable. You know, it's 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 one of those things. If you just keep pushing, you keep putting the songs out. You can you can blow up because yeah, yeah. I mean we we don't know how much longer you know the the system is going to be the way it is you know it might True. it might yeah. be Spotify records you know and Apple Music records and that might be the music industry next mm. and you know and and you know who who knows what the future holds I'm not predicting anything yeah, but um yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things where it's like the 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 artist has all the power in in his or her hands to 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 put out music and that the, the you know, if if you're in control of that and you just consistently keep putting out stuff, mm. you know, I, I truly do believe that success is inevitable. And you and you you might not need a record company. You might just 
you know, do a cool dance, you know, and you blow up it's, on TikTok. It's so true. It's so it. true. TikTok. That's um, it, you know. You know, I've, I've spoke to a, a few guys and girls recently who have blown up on TikTok just with one song yeah. and, and it gets picked up and everyone makes a dance to it and then all of a sudden they've got 12 billion streams or something and it's it's um it's quite mad really how how the yeah. how that kind of discoverability of artists has has changed with social yeah. media and stuff it's it's quite fascinating um and it's pretty cool yeah. that you're kind of there to you know facilitate it and and work with some of these with some of these people um uh i mean yeah it sounds like there's there's a lot going on in in your world at the moment dave um which there, is obviously is. which is obviously a good thing yeah um and um, it's been super interesting hearing about uh, your kind of musical journey uh, up to now. Um, what else have you got planned for the rest of this year? Obviously, there's only you know, a couple of months left, but have you, um, what's in the pipeline for you, mate? And, and, and what are you sort of most looking forward to? Um, well, uh, there's there's a few things. That you can um, talk about. Of, I understand yeah, there's yeah, a few yeah, things, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Some of them, I'm just trying to, I'm just like, some of them I can, I'm <laughs> pretty sure I, I can talk about the next script record I, i'm pretty sure like i feel like danny's already mentioned he's he's writing it so i think i think for me when 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 the boys are back from tour i just go underground really and i'm just constantly we're, we're writing producing we're just doing bits together yeah punching out punching out tunes there's that there's also i think in january um my good friend vanessa Wu, um who's uh who's just a really great artist he's coming he's coming over to the uk from from uh think he's in china at the minute okay he's always in a different place in the world he's, he's super super talented and he does loads of acting and he's like just this great great awesome human and he's always in different parts of the world whenever he gives me a call i'm like hey vanessa where in the world are you <laughs> and he's like oh that's so funny he's like i'm in taiwan or i'm in japan or uh, you know he's always traveling but so he's coming around in january we're doing some bits um i'm working with lyra we're doing some we're doing some tracks nice. um she's a really cool irish irish singer yeah we um speaking of tiktok me and um me and danny danny o'donohue we uh we did a track um that we wrote with Mark from Codaline and okay. Gavin James. Um, and it was a really funny session. We, I think we, we started the songwriting session thinking that like, I think Mark and, and uh, Gavin were trying to write a song for the script. Me and Danny were trying to write a song for Gavin. And it was just like, we were, <laughs> it was just really funny. And it was one of those songs that was so good, but it just wasn't the right vibe for any of the people in the room at the time, right. but it was just still a great song. But you know, but that, that can happen when it's just, you know, it's a great song. It's just, it's just, it's just not right for that artist yeah. for, you know, for yeah. reasons. And we just had this banging song just sitting around and we were like, where are we going to put this awesome, just the song? It's so great. Like we always loved it. And then I think Danny sent it to this really talented, uh, great manager called Ben Carter, BKM. Uh, shout out to BKM Management. And um, they were looking after this band called Here at Last. And they're huge on TikTok. Like, I think they did one TikTok and it had like 38 million or something. It was, it's actually like nuts. They're like all very good looking boys and they're in a band. And I'm just like, yep, I totally get what you guys are banging on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I get it. I was like, you guys are, you know, you guys are great. So they, um, they wanted to do the song. So uh, we did it. We did it with the boys. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be released very soon. I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to say when or what the song's called. But when it's out, you'll know. Nice. You'll hear it and you'll be like, here at last, this is the one Dave okay. was talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Cool. Well, that's something for, for us all to look forward to, which is, uh, which <laughs> yeah, is great. Same. Me too. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Great stuff, man. <laughs> great stuff. Um, I think that's a, a nice place for us to wrap up um, the, chat, the chat, Dave. It's, like I say, it's been a pleasure um, catching up with you, man, and, and, um, and, and talking about this stuff. But uh, yeah, so hopefully the next time we, we catch up, there'll be a lot more for us to... Uh, to chat about which would be which would be great 
Sounds great. I'd love to be on the show again. This has been so much fun. Thanks so, so much, great. man. And um, yeah, thanks again for your time. For the, uh, for the purposes of the podcast, we'll say our goodbyes now and uh, hopefully catch up very soon. Sounds good. All right. Take it easy, bro. Take care, man. Cheers. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.